You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 44 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz, as usual. Uh, it's the off season. We've got some things to talk about. We've got some trades to talk about. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get into everything today, but it's uh it's gonna be one of those uh, chill episodes, right? Yeah, we're just gonna hash it yeah, out. It's July. It's July. I mean, hockey's not necessarily booming right now, but there are a few things that went down that have been probably some expected, of the more yeah. there you go some of the more exciting things in recent history or recent memory. Sorry, so let's get right into it, Mark. Let's get right into it. We'll start off with um, the Montreal Canadiens because this is a Habs podcast. It's the Habs Culture podcast. In case you forgot. Um, Jeff Petrie has finally been dealt. The trade that a lot of people have been waiting for for months has been done. It was a trade that wasn't expected. Himself and Ryan Paling were dealt to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Michael Matheson or Mike. I don't know if it's Michael. Maybe Mike. Yeah. Well, it is Mike Either for or. sure. I don't yeah. know if it's Michael. Right. Mike Matheson in a fourth round pick in 2023. Mike Matheson is a Point Claire native. It's from here. It's 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 an interesting deal. It's an interesting deal. My first reaction was, ooh. Yeah. I think we were expecting a little bit more, right? I wasn't expecting more. I was expecting more of a um, either receiving a younger player or just like a cap dump. Right. You know? Which essentially it kind of was, right? A little bit of a cap dump. They saved about $2 million, I think. Which we'll talk about what that led them to do in a few minutes here. Yeah. But overall, I think it was, I'm not going to call it underwhelming. But I think we were expecting a little bit more. Like like you said, a younger player maybe. Look, the Habs are heading in a certain direction and mm-hmm. we, expected to, we expected them to stay consistent with that direction. And it was a little bit off, off of what we were used to. I wasn't expecting a, a left-shot defenseman that makes, what does he make, $4 million? Om- almost five. Yeah, that I wasn't expecting. Almost five. So you dump that cap, right, with Petrie getting paid 6.25 and Matheson almost getting... Paid $5 million. Paling is now off the books. We'll talk about him for a little bit and kind of... Well, uh, I've been waiting for a Paling trade. Yeah, I just didn't expect it in this fashion. Yeah, I was expecting it more in like a a bigger deal, like a Pierre-Luc Dubois deal where you just you throw in the guy who hasn't really fit in, you know? Um, Change of scenery type of yeah, player. Yeah, and it's, gonna, it's exactly that. He just didn't fit in with the Habs. Especially when, when our center depth has been proven to now... Has has significantly improved in in terms of the past few years, right? Like now with Suzuki and you have Kirby Doc, which we talked about last time during during the draft uh, episode, and Dvorak is still there, which we'll get into, and you still have Jake Evans on the books. So there's a lot of these players, and there's not necessarily much room for Ryan Paling, and I don't think there was much room for him to grow. He did have a good season in in Laval yeah. la- uh, last season, or sorry, now two seasons ago. But I just I didn't think it made very much sense for us to keep him around anymore. No, no, it was uh, it was his time. Um, so yeah, that was the deal um, on Montreal's end. Look, uh, uh, Hughes is big on Matheson. He likes him. Clearly targeted him. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I don't think he's a bad defenseman. I don't think he's a liability. Um, I'm obviously excited to see him play, but I wasn't expecting that deal. Right. And especially being a 28-year-old defenseman, right, when a lot of the players that you're acquiring slash drafting slash trading for are all kind of in the realm of 
22, 23, 24 years old. Obviously, you need some older guys on the yeah. team. There's no question. But it just speaks to the fact that maybe maybe Matheson, and, and assuming, I'm assuming, that Matheson isn't going to be part of the success of this team when they're when the Montreal Canadiens are in their are in their prime. Well, it depends what happens in the next few off seasons. We'll see, right? Because he still has four years left, right? That's true. At twenty years old, so he'll contract his contract will expire at around thirty two years old, which is a little bit of a cause for concern because Mike Matheson isn't isn't known to be an all star defenseman, and nonetheless, at twenty eight years old, you're only getting older, right? So. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He did have a good season in Pittsburgh. He did have a good season in Pittsburgh, probably one of his better seasons. Um, he struggled a little bit in Florida at the beginning of his career. Um, but it's not to say that he can't get better. We only saw Petrie get better with age. Yeah, exactly. So, he did age like fine wine, but it was it was time. It was time for him to go. 100%. Yeah, I'm going to foreshadow a bit. Um, you mentioned the the prime of the halves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like... I'll foreshadow. Uh, we'll say it in a bit, like towards the end of the episode or towards the middle, at least not right now. Um, the next few off seasons, that the possibilities of what could happen, and people are always going to listen and say, you know, you're a biased Habs fan who thinks everything's going to go your way. Mark is a little bit biased, and I'll, I'll say it later what the strategic plan is that I have in place for this, Your for this organization. Plan. Yeah, Perfect. this very in-depth strategic plan, um, and if it does come to fruition. Mike Masson's going to be a part of that. And they're going to be right up there as Stanley Cup contenders. But we'll get into that later. Sure. I'll leave a little bit of suspense for all yeah, this let's, listening let's... going, oh, what's his idea? <laughs> Most of you probably already know. Um, but some are definitely questioning me. Um, Rem Pitlick got signed. So do, that... you, do you have the contract? I don't even have it up. Uh, he got signed for uh, two two years, 1.1 AV. Okay. so Which is very, very solid in my opinion. They avoided arbitration. He didn't leave. Win-win. Well, win for the Habs. I don't know about for him. He probably could have made more through arbitration. You know what? I think he's still a young player, right? I think you give him a little bit of time. He'll 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 make his money at some point. He'll get another he'll get another contract. Mm-hmm. But I think I think he's not committed. I, I think he li- I think he liked his environment. I think that he saw that he was able to flourish in that environment, and I think there was no reason for him not to come back. Yeah. And, so the money was used. The Petrie deal. The Petri deal yeah, money, yeah. The money was used on Rem Pitlick. Um, and Samuel Montembeau, or was that before the Petrie deal? I think it was before, right? I don't even know. I think it was before. It was uh, before? What is it? I, I, we, Montembeau I got should, signed at two, year, two years, uh, a million a million a year. Okay. Yeah. So, But yeah, let's talk ahead. about the fact that he's on a one-way contract. Is he on one-way? One-way. Yeah, so uh, Twitter went crazy saying, oh, the price is done if Montembeau's here. But that is an interesting point, though. I think it's the opposite. Because you think he'll be dished? I think Allen will. Right, and then you'll keep Montembeau as the backup. Yeah. Well, I think if they get the green light for Price and it opens the Allen possibility, I think Allen would more be like would be of a trade that's more... You see, you can't because he's on a one-way deal, Montembeau, so you can't even wait till the deadline. You have to decide before the season starts. Right. See, that that's, that's what... And, and I'll bring you this point up as well, is the fact that there has been rumors or talks that price will be ready in September for September come yeah. September. So well, rumors it's Stefan Waite. Sure. Which, which, which you have to take with a grain of salt, right? Former Habs goalie coach for those who don't know who went on, I think it was TSN 690. Yeah. Or? 690. Yeah. And he said that price is ready to play and he's ready to play for a long time. Yeah. I'm not going to say I don't believe it. I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's out of the question, but I, I do think that like we have to, 
Yeah, we have to take with a grain of salt because it is Stefan Weit who says a lot of things. Says a lot of things. Yeah, says exactly. a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but let's get back on track. Sign so Rem Pelic and Montembeau. He, he was the one that got fired mid-game, right? Mid-game? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. After like the second intermission. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. So strange. I, I remember that was li- that was during the COVID season, right? Yeah. So like not this past season, but the year before it that. It was like, yeah, yeah. It was like during like the, the before year Bergeron got fired. Right? Before, yeah. Yeah. It was while Bergeron was still there. Yeah, but was it this, the year he got fired or was it the year before? So I think Berger- it was the year before. Well, Bergeron got, Berger- got fired this past season at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So not this past season, but the oh, year exactly. before that. Like when we when we were only playing Canadian teams. Okay, and they fired him. I, I forgot yeah. why they fired him. Yeah, I don't know either. The price went bad? I don't even know. He did have a... He had a very spell, right? Yeah. He oh, did. it's true. He was, yeah, he was, he was very poor. Like dog we, water. We, yeah. we complained about that on many occasions. Yeah. We talked that. about that on many occasions. Like in Vancouver. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Vancouver, Calgary. And he's laying in absolute muffins from yeah. everywhere. It oh was really God. bad. Yeah. It's crazy how time flies. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, it's true. You know what? I'm going to switch gears a bit. Well, I'm going to stay on price. I was walking back from school downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking in the, like to the Bell Center Metro. And I walked by, was it Scotiabank? I think it was Scotiabank. Okay, there's a Scotiabank right next to the Bell Center, like on René Lévesque. And like right there, there's a huge price jersey signed, framed, like right at the window and like everyone sees it. And like, I walked by and I looked at it and I'm like, oh, okay. When's the last time people spoke about Kerry Price as the guy? Like it's kind of scary because we grew up as Kerry Price as the Montreal Canadiens. And now it's Suzuki Caulfield. Yeah. And a new check Uri Slavkovsky like it's like it's kind of scary to think like this guy isn't the face of the franchise anymore it's but like a reality right like you know like when people got drafted by the Canadians and it's like oh who are you excited to like be in the locker room with and it was like Carey Price Carey Price and Shea Weber now Slavkovsky comes in and I'm using Slavkovsky as an example it's the most recent one and he's mm-hmm. like Nick Suzuki and it's like it's really the I'm not saying it's the end but we're at the point but you're, where it's you're like, getting to that point we're at the point where it's he's not the guy like obviously everyone still loves him and he's still carry price but it's just it's it's i don't know i find it weird to think that like we're getting to that point like you almost don't want to think about it yeah but like we haven't spoken and he had a crazy playoff run like he's he was amazing he was the reason why the canadians got there let's not forget that that 2014 season where he yeah absolutely yeah it was an absolute there, there, look, there's so many instances where I could talk about Carey Price as being the guy. It's and just it, now it's, like you're not, you're gonna walk by stores or banks, yeah, and it's gonna be Suzuki's jersey or Caulfield's. And you know, to that point, even what I find funny is that you know you go into a uh, lids sports experts, even if it's just the Montreal sh- like the the Canadians like mm-hmm. uh, Tricolore Sport. Yeah, you almost disregard Carey Price's jersey slash T-shirt slash memorabilia just because of the fact that like. He's been the staple for so long yeah. that it's like it's just second nature to just think, oh, Carey Price, like he's that guy, like yeah, yeah. he's been that guy. He's that guy. But now it's like, hold on, hold like like you were mentioning, like hold the phone for a second. Like now, now it's becoming there's other options. There's other options. Yeah, there's yeah. other options. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, and, I don't know. It was funny. And truly, obviously, to a lesser extent, but I felt the same way about Gallagher a little bit. I mean, it was always yeah. not not again not the same not the same stature exactly exactly. But it, it's the fact that. You know, again, you walk into a store, you see a Gallagher shirt. Like that's the that's the easy option, mm-hmm. right? That's the easy one that to pick Subban, up the self, yeah. the the self, the shelf, the shelf, self. <laughs> the Price and Gallagher's and the Subans and the Pacioretty's and the Webers are the easy ones yeah. you pick off the shelf. 
now people want to be different. They want the Suzuki. Well, not different, but it's it's a new it's a it's new altogether, right? The Suzuki, the Caulfield, now the Yuri Slavkovsky. Uh, people wanted the Romanov. I wanted the Romanov. I wanted the Romanov. Yeah. I wanted the Mete. Now I want the Kirby. Thank God I didn't go for the Mete. Oh my God. Well, I went for a different option. I think which I, om- didn't- I I think I actually. Funny enough that we're on this topic. When I went, I I think in 2018 or 2019, whatever it was, I went to that, the game where Paling had four or whatever. Yeah, you texted three. me and you said, I want his jersey. I, I swear I almost bought it. And I told you to hold your horse. Yeah, you did tell me to hold my <laughs> horse. And a lot of people told me to hold my horse. Yeah. But I was so like, but it, I know we're on a, di- like it's a, we're veering yeah. away from the topic, but it's, it's crazy. Like yeah. it's weird to think about. No one told me to hold my horse when I got number 15 on the back. Yeah, but I think that's fair. Everyone, like a lot of people started getting, I got it as rookie season though, so like I, it's like three years it lasted right well that's shouldn't be good it's not a good thing but <laughs> well whatever. that's one thing that i can actually say i capitalize on when i bought my suzuki jersey in his rookie season mm-hmm. because now i mean like yeah i'll be wearing that for a while i mean it's honestly you know what's messed up though mark is that the fact that it's with a sweatshirt i used to be, it used to be so big on me now i i wear it with a sweatshirt like what size do you get like the is it is it not is it a number or is it yeah, a, it's a number i think it mine's 42 like a medium no i, I don't think it could be is it 42 or 52 52, 52. Yeah, yeah, I have 52. Okay, yeah, me too. But it's just, I mean, I got that when I was, yeah. what, I'm 20 now. I got that when I was 17, 16. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, um, maybe you'll get the um, the number 20 printed on the back. I don't like that. And I'm not talking about Chris Weidman, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I'm talking about first overall pick, Yuri Slavkovsky. I hate it. I hate it. Not a big fan of that number. It's an ugly number. It's very ugly. No diss to Yuri, but come on, man. There were so many other options. I guess he was just sticking to like what he, he made knows. a guy switch to take a bad number. Yeah, that's true. Wideman was probably like, "All right, I don't really care he that much." He gets a Rolex for free or whatever. Yeah. Like the switch, and he took number. Yeah, Wideman took number six. So shout out to Shea Weber. Um, oh yeah, you didn't notice that right away. No, I was like, "Damn, that was quick." Yeah. Like when Sammy Niku took fifteen, I was like, "Jeez." <laughs> yeah, that was quick. that was quick. Where's Sammy at? Laval, you guys turn it up. I miss him. Yeah, I don't. We talked about him so many times. We talk about waiver wire picks up pickups like they're well. Gold. That's that's kind of been like the. But Bergeron made us do that. Yeah, because we're we're living through the ups it. and downs of the Montreal yeah. Canadiens franchise. That's yeah. what's, that's what's going on here. Um. Okay, we'll get back on track here. We talked about Montembeau. We talked about Petrie. We talked about Rem Pitlick. Now we'll talk about what happened fri- Friday night. Yeah, Friday, Friday night, night. Yeah. Um, the Calgary Flames. Let me let me open it up so I don't miss any detail because I don't remember the. The prospect that was in the deal. Kachuk finally got traded. Well, I say finally. It was last week that he said uh, he wanted out. He wasn't going to sign long-term um, in Calgary. And I was expecting a deal to either St. Louis or uh were the other options? Uh, I think there was St. Louis. I, I don't know. There were a bunch of teams. St. Louis. Teams, yeah. I think Minnesota was in the mix there. I mean, again, it was all speculation. Yeah. So he ended up being dealt to. Oh, the, uh, sorry. Oh, so, yeah, we said St. Louis. Sorry. Yeah. I almost <laughs> cut you off to say St. Louis again. <laughs> uh, to the Florida Panthers. Um. So like, I I was late to the. My phone was in another room. So when I saw the deal, I saw the full deal right away. I didn't see like you know what usually it's like. The first tweet was like Saravali saying. Kachuk has been dealt to Florida. More mm-hmm. to come. But it doesn't say like for who, right? So it doesn't say for who. I saw it right away because I was late. Um, he was traded for Jonathan Huberdeau, Cole Schwint, Mackenzie Weger, and a first round pick in 2025 for Matthew Kachuk. So Florida gets Kachuk. The Flames get a 100-point player in Huberdeau, Weger, 
the prospect, and a first-round pick. And I think the prospect. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, not. I don't know if you would know, but he was. I think he was a for, former first overall. Uh, first, first overall. First round pick. First round pick. Wow. But I'll double. I'll double check that. Okay. Um, your first reaction. My first reaction was truthfully, w- what a trade by Calgary, right? Yeah. That's. It, but that's an easy reaction, right? You're easy. getting, in my opinion, in my opinion, again, this is this is what sports takes are built on opinions is the yeah. fact that, in my opinion, I believe that Jonathan Huberto is a better hockey player than Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. And I think you can agree on that. And you add in a guy like Mackenzie Weger who can be a debatably a top 20 defenseman in the NHL. You add the first round pick, you add the prospect. That's that's a that's an not an overpay, but you're 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 paying the price. You're paying the price for mm-hmm. a guy like Matthew Kachuk. But at the same time, we I think I think we do have to keep in mind and I think this is what you're going to talk about extensively here is the fact that these two players are UFAs. And not only are are the UFAs, but Jonathan Huberto is going to be a UFA at 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie Weger is going to be a UFA at no idea. His no age. idea. But I want to say maybe, you know, twenty seven. Around there, he's definitely right? around that age. Yeah. Right there, you go. So, I think that that was what Florida worried was worrying about, and I think they said, you know, screw it, we'll take on we'll take on Matthew Kachuk here, and we know that he'll sign with us long term, and we'll we'll take our safer option. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be a the better option. F- Florida wanted to sign a twenty four year old at eight years rather than a thirty year old at eight years. It, that was the deal. Right. And fun fact, this was the first ever sign and trade in NHL history. Yeah. He right. signed as a flame and then got dealt, which is um, pretty cool for those who care. I know maybe most of you really don't care, but anyways. Um, my first reaction was, like, what the... Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel like editing this, so I'm not going to say it. Like, what the hell just happened? Because... I was expecting Kachuk traded for just a bunch of picks and a bunch of prospects. Instead, Brad Trulieving of the Calgary Flames improved his roster by losing Kachuk. And Mark, I want if you don't mind me jumping yeah. in here, I want to say something is that Brad Trulieving yeah. single-handedly with that trade put his team back in the mix as a, as a competitor as a, as a as a contender. Once again, because losing Johnny Hockey, which we mm. didn't actually talk about yet, but it's we, true. we didn't even talk about. We didn't talk about. A, oh no, we didn't. So we'll we'll go over. We'll that. get into that. Yeah, but they lose Johnny Hockey. Right away, right away, right. You're thinking like this the truck's gone, right? Yeah. You're think, but they really did. I'm not going to say bolster their roster, but they did make a good enough move to keep to to bring them back in it, and good for him. Good on his part. Yeah, my first reaction again when I saw the UFAs, I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't know if I muted myself again. I don't know if they're gonna stay. These guys. I don't know if Huberto and Weger are gonna stay. I don't think they're gonna stay. But who am I to say that?" And I was like, "No wonder the price was so steep on that end because you're receiving two guys that might leave. But if you know they're leaving by the trade deadline, you're gonna get a good return for Jonathan Huberto and, and Mackenzie Weger." So sure. if you if you get first over, first round picks for them, it's as if you're trade. It's like they're still valuable assets that you can flip. You're saying for Calgary right now? Yeah, like if Cal like if Calgary trades Hubert out the deadline because they're not they're not going to sign him for right. a first, a second, and a prospect. Yeah, that's like as true. if you're trading Kachuk for that. That's a good trade. If you're trading Kachuk for that deal, it's still a good trade. But then again, we do have to keep in mind that as a UFA, 
teams around the league are very are very look we we've seen the the price for UFAs right whether it's Ben Sherrod or a guy like I mean Tyler Toffoli wasn't a UFA but just the price for rentals in general mm-hmm. but I think we also do have to keep in mind that teams are very aware of the fact that we're not going to overpay for a rental knowing that he won't come back to our team but Jonathan Huberto is the type of player where teams will just say we'll just throw all, put all their chips in one what's the expression they'll just they'll go for it they'll all go their, for all it. their bread in a basket or there something there you go sure I don't know if it's bread whatever i think it's like put all their chips in a chips in one corner or something like that i don't think it's a corner what would yeah, you put chips know. in a corner what yeah. chips are we talking about we're talking about poker chips right? yeah that's what i was thinking put your chips in a let's just say let's just say all in like they're they'll go i all like in. the bread in the basket one okay bread, I, I don't like, know why you'd be putting bread in the basket wouldn't you be taking the bread out <laughs> i'm not too sure <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I have no idea. We'll create our own little. Yeah, sense. I feel like we do this once an episode. Did you see it on Twitter? The thing that someone tweeted about the the Panthers about what they gave up and what they received. Yeah, on that the deadline today. Do you have it? I can find it because it was it. truly embarrassing, and I don't like at all what Florida has become. If I'm being completely honest with you, especially that Duclair is injured, and I'm going to say this right now, and we're, I'm either going to look like a genius. I could look like an idiot. I could look like whatever you guys want to see me as. Florida doesn't make the playoffs. The Florida Panthers will not make the playoffs. And I'm not just saying this, and I know people are going to say this and look at me and get mad at me. Mark, the Habs have Florida's first round pick that's unprotected, so of course you're going to say this. Maybe. But I don't I don't think the Atlantic's good and they got extru- like they got way worse. They got way worse. Way worse. Like, I know they won the President's Trophy, yes. But I like I wouldn't even be surprised if they missed the playoffs. They got worse. Like significantly worse. Like they, they and just in that trade they lost a defenseman, a top four D, and an a hundred point winger to receive a guy who I think had a season where everything went his way. Could chuck everything went his way. Is he a consistent hundred point player? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I definitely agree with you. And I'm not just agreeing with you just because, again, that we have their first-round pick for next year. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is is that they lost Duclair long-term. You lose a guy like Jonathan Huberto. You lose a guy like Mackenzie Weger. Then add on the fact that you're losing Ben Sherratt. You lost Giroux. You lost a few first-round picks. But Brovsky is a guy that they don't want to necessarily mm-hmm. keep around. Is Spencer Knight the guy? Uh, I can go on and on. Look, they have the guys like Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, Barkov's obviously that big piece. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that they have the core to to produce um, in the regular season. But at the same time, I do think that if you're going to compare last season, a President's Trophy season, to this season's roster on paper, they did get significantly worse. And it is the truth of the matter. And yeah. let's not let's and and this is Habs fan aside here. They took a step back. A, ma- a major step a major back, step back. they're not picking in the first round until 2026 and at what cost Mark Ben Sherratt there you go it's embarrassing thank you thank you for uh, for a lottery pick thank you very much Belzito but anyways um, that was just a, that's the biggest trade we've seen since PK Subban was dealt it's exciting to see a trade like that once yeah, in a while yeah it's nice I think it was um, do we hop into free agency right now yeah, let's do it. Let's just. Uh, you want to start off with the big, the big fish. Yeah, I mean, as most of you already know, I hope Johnny Goudreau was signed, signed with Columbus. 
to a massive extension. I can't give you the the details. I know it was an eight year, eight, eight year. Uh, seven. You can't sign eight right. as a free as a UFA, right? Unless it's your team, unless you're re-signing. Um, let me find the exact deal here. Do you hear my computer? Yeah, it's going. I crazy. hope the audience isn't listen uh, isn't here. Say, I open Twitter. You know the app on the. Uh, on the Mac, the Twitter app? I don't have the Twitter app on my computer. I just Well, wanna... every time I open it, my computer decides to sound like a like a an airplane. Horse. I don't know if it sounds like a horse, <laughs> but I don't know what it sounds like. Okay, why can't I find the free agent tracker from TSN? Sorry about this. But all that to say is that Yeah, while I search it, fill up fill up some say some random stuff sure, while, I, while sure. I look for this. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but seriously, Johnny Goudreau was, went to Columbus. There was a lot of speculation around the fact that he might go to New Jersey, that he might go to potentially the Islanders, that he might go to, am I missing a team here? That, that, that team that was in on him? I believe I am missing one, but I'm forgetting. He wanted to, oh, Philly, Philly, big team there. Wanted to go close to home. Decided to go to Columbus, a team that, a smaller market team, doesn't have, has a lot of young talent and they're building in the right direction. And I, and I do think it, it will end up being a good fit for him, truthfully. I do think it will be end, up, end up being a good fit. Okay, before we continue on Goudreau, back to Kachuk quickly. He signed an extension right away. Yeah. Sign and trade that I mentioned. Yeah. It was eight years, nine and a half million dollars per year. So it's a big it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Johnny Goudreau, seven years at 9.75 million. Right. He was offered, I think the best offer he received in Calgary was eight years at 10 and a half. Yep. That's a significant chunk. You get the extra year and you get a million dollars more. Well, around a million dollars more. Like you said, he wanted to go home, but he didn't, he wanted to go close to home, but not home. Home is the, is the New York area, New Jersey, New York. Um, but apparently New Jersey, he didn't want to go to New Jersey. And he said this on a podcast. Um, he didn't want to go because he was afraid people were going to show up to his house all the time. That's strange. Like friends and relatives were just going to show up constantly. constantly. So he's like, I'd rather go somewhere where it's like a two-hour drive. So they have to work for it. Like I'm not uh, quoting him, but like that was the idea. That's very strange. Look, I'll never um, talk bad or say or judge a guy for wanting to be close to his family. Yeah. Like sure. I'm not judging him for going to Columbus. Obviously, I was like Ohio, really. Yeah, that's a little strange. But then... Everyone on Twitter who lives in Ohio, and I'm surprised there's that many that are on Twitter, whatever. Anyways, I don't know why I'm getting Ohio, into Ohio, Ohio, sorry to cut you off. Ohio is not a big hockey state. Yeah, it's a sport state. It's for sure. massive for football. Yeah, for football. Even basketball, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, but also I'm, I'm talking like college too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, so you're right. all I'm saying is that it's like... It is it is big in, in terms of sports, but hockey, you know, you, yeah. you question a little bit, like where's the, where's the appeal? Yeah. But like I was saying before, I mean, and I'll let you continue mm-hmm. on in a second, but I do think that their team, like I, I do think that Columbus is is moving in the right direction. Oh yeah, you can't say no to Johnny Gaudreau, right? Especially that he said he wanted to go there, and kick a line and says there's nothing wrong with Ohio, blah blah blah, and there probably isn't anything wrong with Ohio. It's just for me, if I was in the National Hockey League and I just got over 100 points, 90 of them, I think it was 90 that were at 5-on-5. Five five. Like it was a ridiculous amount. You're in for a huge payday. And he hit the market and there weren't... I don't think there was as many teams as he thought that were able to afford him. 
It's an expensive. Sucks. He's yeah. an expensive guy. Um, he left a lot of money on the table for Calgary. Clearly, there was something. He just wanted to leave. He wanted to leave the country. And look, good for him, Columbus. I, I'm not gonna judge him. Like I said before, I just I don't understand. I still don't completely understand it. Obviously, it makes sense. The little, the fact that he wanted to be home and not too close to home. Right. Um, but look, he's in Columbus. The aftermath of that, Patrick Line sends a four-year extension at 8.7 AAV. Good for the Blue Jackets. They get their they are, now they have two snipers on their wing. They have uh, a nice centerman in Cole Sillinger. Is the Johnson a winger? Ken Johnson the winger. Is he a winger? Yeah. They they drafted Yurichek. They drafted Yurichek. another defenseman. I know that they, they still have still got Wierenski. They still have Wierenski around. I know that they have uh they they drafted uh some guy that came up last season at the back end of the season, a Russian player that okay. they drafted in the first round in last draft. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, they're I on mean, the right Merzlikens path. Merzlikens and Ned. I mean it's not yeah, they're yeah. on the right path for sure. Uh, in other news, free agency. There was a lot of a lot of re-signings on free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Arturi Lekkinen re-signed at four and a half to Good stay with the defending champs in Colorado. Uh, Big Ben Ben Chirot signs in Detroit at four point seven five at four years. I think if that happened in Montreal, there'd be a riot. There'd be a riot. People would go absolutely crazy. Um, Andre Burakovsky signs a five-year, five and a half million dollar deal in Seattle. You'll notice a lot that I'm going to say Seattle and Detroit as yeah. they were they were very active. active. Um, you know, there was one team that wasn't active. I mean, we can talk about it after, but the Islanders. Didn't Lou Lamorello is such a... I don't even know a word to say. I think he's just like... An, I don't, no one understands that guy. Yeah, I think he's just like very like... His style is very standoffish, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's aggressive at all. I think he's like complete off, complete opposite. You know, on the 32 Thoughts podcast... Friedman said I that listened he's, to this. Yeah. he's very, he follows the rules. So he didn't want to do any tampering. There was no tampering involved, right? And I think... And well, I think, there was. No, in, I'm saying in the with league. him. Yeah. And, and, I think, and I I think that's actually a big reason as to why... Because exactly. if you think about it, right? Like if there's teams that already have deals in place with players before the free agency opens, then what is... Like Lou has a very small pool of players to yeah. choose from, right? Like I'm all about following the rule book and following the rules. But if it's going to cost you stuff... And especially if it's done league-wide, right? It's done league-wide and no one's getting punished for it. Why Sometimes, are you following the rules? You're not, you're not benefiting from anything. Well, that's it, right? Sometimes you got to play a little bit. you gotta, you got to play dirty to, to win. So yeah. That's how it works. That's what this league is, but no one does it enough. Darcy Kemper signs in, uh, in D.C. with Washington. Five years, $5.25 million AAV. He was the number one goalie on the market, unless you consider Jack Campbell better, which I don't, <laughs> but some people might. Jack Campbell signed, I don't have it here, but I think it was five by five in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me does not solve their problems whatsoever. Me neither, but it's the Edmonton Oilers, so I'd like it. Look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help them. Yes, but I what okay, but I like Jack Campbell as a human being. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But can we talk about this for a second? Because I think that putting Jack Campbell in nets, let's look at his let, let's look at his season with the Leafs. First of all, before we continue, I swear so, if that soup chant makes its way to Alberta, it's so annoying. I'll lose my shit. It's actually really annoying. It's really annoying. It's really annoying. Like I get Leafs fans don't have much to cheer about, you know. <laughs> there's no there's not much to cheer about in the playoffs. So every time your goalie makes a little save from the blue line. You could yell the word soup. It makes you guys happy, you know? So do it. 
but it better not go to Edmonton. It probably will. I can it see definitely it will. Because, yeah. yeah, it will. Because, like, if Bruce Boudreaux goes somewhere else, the, there it is, Chan's going to follow him, is. right? Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just think Jack Campbell is one of those goalies that is very inconsistent. He's, he, you know, he's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he scrambles. He's a little bit all over, a little bit a, all over the place. He's nearly a swimmer. That's he's not I, a swimmer, but he's almost there. Right. So that's what I was going to say. And, I mean, um, with that being said, I mean, what, like, of course, you're upgrading from a guy like Mike Smith or even Miko Koskin, but like that's those are two swimmers. Those are those are Michael Phelps, right? But you're you're going from a swimmer to a near swimmer, right? <laughs> near, yeah, it, yeah. I wouldn't call him a swimmer. I just call him a bit more um, unconventional, right? But you can also talk about the fact that Jonathan Quick is unconventional, but he still he still his play style is it works. Yeah, I just don't think that Jack Campbell's that guy. And let's talk about we won't talk about his stats, but. He didn't have a good season in Toronto from a goalie from a from a statistical standpoint. Yeah. And when you're playing on a team that is a regular season team that finishes top five in the standings, I mean you would expect you would expect some there's a reason that players like Philip Grubauer when he when he flourished in Colorado, a player like Darcy Kember mm-hmm. who flourished in Colorado, like goalies sometimes are team made, but I just don't think that the fact that Jack Campbell was wasn't good on Toronto, what makes you think he'll be good on Edmonton? I think he'll a be a worse defensive team. He'll be fine, I think. Fine. Like he'll be fine. fine sure. But he'll, I think people are gonna He'll be make at- the saves when they need it. He'll make that one extra save that Smith wasn't able to make. Fair enough. Because Smith was able to make a good save, but then he also let in muffins from the other end of the ice. Sure. Which kind of ruined everything. But I just do think that people will look at this contract, Jack Hamill's contract, and say, like, why did we overpay for him when we could have done X, Y, and Z? Because in my opinion, I don't and I don't really want to go into this conversation because it's not really it's not really like relevant, but I just don't believe in building your team around a goalie. And I mean, have fans come at me. I really don't care, but I just don't believe in that. And I'm not saying that they're building a team around a goalie because you're paying him $5 million a year. But I just do think that that money could be allocated somewhere when you can just be using a guy. When you look, I don't think Samsonov's the answer for Toronto. We'll get oh, into we're that. Gonna, we're going to get we'll, into that. We'll get into that. But at, oh, the, I can't pr- wait. But at the price that they acquired Samsonov for, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, we'll get into that because I have opinions on him but do you agree with me a little bit i take a flyer on him 100 percent. but I'd would you rather chance. take a flyer on samsonov or sign campbell to five times five? Oh, campbell 100 percent. see that's where i disagree no it, no i'm talking about with murray in the picture okay but oh fine i'm talking about an edmonton team are you are you signing samsonov or are you signing are you signing samsonov for that price oh, if i'm edmonton campbell you're taking Campbell at five times five the amount versus of years you wasted because your goaltending was hot garbage. But then again, you're not upgrading signi- significantly yeah. enough. I think Markstrom was their answer. He played horrible in the playoffs, but I still think he's a good goalie. They he, they had their they opportunity. They had to get him. They had to get him. Yeah. But, um. But anyway, again, I know we'll you're get into the Leafs. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Not right now because I want to cover. I'm just going in, like I'm scrolling down in Absolutely. order. Um. Apparently, there's a stash of cash in Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay that we don't know about. They signed in a row, out of nowhere, Mikhail Sergachev, Anthony Sorelli, and Chernak, each to eight-year deals. Sergachev at $8.5 million per year, Sorelli at $6.2 million, and Chernak at $5.2 million. Came out of left Out field. of nowhere. Sergachev's going to make more than Hedman yeah. in a year or two. Um, so, yeah, that's what they did. Very interesting. They lost a few pieces. They lost Palat. They traded McDonough. Uh, and uh, it. it sounds about right. Sounds uh, about that, right. Uh, no, they they also did sign Nick Paul, but I think that was before oh, the extension. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's favorite player, Ilya Mikheyev, 
I really don't like that guy. No one likes him. But I don't know why I don't like that guy. Because because he's uh, like I don't know what he is. What is he? He's he, fast. I'm sorry, and I don't roast the Leafs often, but he's just like every other bottom six Leafs player, in my opinion. He's fast, but he. But he's like Engvall. I don't know. I don't watch he's enough. He's random the Leafs. and boring and sucks. I don't watch enough the Leafs. I'd rather. You definitely watch Leafs games just to rip on them. 100% you do. No, I I I wouldn't. Why would I want to watch the Leafs? You you're telling me you wouldn't watch a Leafs a Leafs. I wouldn't a Leafs watch a Leafs Canucks game. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I don't watch Leafs Canucks games either, but like. Leafs like Leafs. Oh shit! I muted myself. Oh, I muted myself again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think I don't know. I pressed the button. Like I'd w- definitely I'd watch Leafs Bruins. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good game. Yeah, like, I love watching good hockey games. Leafs Edmonton. But, are you watching? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. watching that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm watching. Okay, that. no, I'm just happy that you're not being. No, because I love watching like skilled players like Matthews. I love watching those types of players. I'm but I can't that. stand I'm listening to Sportsnet. I'm, I'm just going to clip you saying I love Matthews. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand listening to Sportsnet TSN rave about Ilya Mikheyev yeah. so much that this guy got $4.75 million by four years. He got more, he got more than, than Lekkonen. You think that's because of what he did on the ice? No, it's because he got absolutely gassed in Toronto. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a similar situation to uh, David Kampf. Like, David Kampf was... was hyped up by the Toronto mm, media saying yeah. that he played what a series he played like you just know his next contract is going to be like four times four or something like that we're, we're going to get into all that with the little, their little goalie situation but yeah Ilya Mikheyev that price goes to the Vancouver Canucks Vancouver again they're in the middle of the ocean lost in space I, lost I in saw someone mention something about a trade involving JT Miller to New Jersey for Damon, Damon Severson? Severson? That's literally worse than Hall for Larson. I'm so confused. I think that's worse than Hall, that's worse than Hall for Larson. Yeah. Anyways, um, Nicoletti signed 4 by 4 in St. Louis. The defensemen, they got paid. They didn't just get paid, they got term. Well, you want to talk about Eric Gabranson? That's the worst contract. That, is, yeah. uh, that actually makes no sense. That's the worst. Of the, I'm gonna, I don't even know where that is. I'm going to get but to it. But why did that happen? Why? That was Columbus, right? They want. Yes. They want a grit. Well, now they have their. Now they have their uh, big three. Line Goudreau, and Erica Branson. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Out of nowhere. Um, Andrew Kopp signs in Detroit again. Detroit adding pieces. Andrew Kopp's a good hockey player. Five yeah. years at five point six three million dollars. Not bad. Not too bad. What about David Perron also? He went to St. Louis. To oh, Detroit. True. To oh, Detroit. Detroit. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, they they st- they they got Sherratt, Kopp, Perron. They drafted. I'm pretty well. Defenseman. Yeah, I, I remember them getting some one yeah, one other one piece, more, but yeah. I'm blanking. Um, Vincent Trocheck. Oh, that's seven big. years at five point six three. Would you rather Cop or Trocheck? Cop at five years or Trocheck at seven? Because the Rangers had Cop, he was there, and they he he walked and they signed Trocheck. You know why? You know why I'll say Trocheck? Just because of the fact that. The Rangers lack at the center position, and I think that. Yeah. And I think that after Zabinajad, Ryan Strom. I mean, he's gone now, but yeah, I was ne- he. Him. He was just not the guy that he was. You, you can't have him as a second line center. Yeah. I think Trocheck is a is a is a pretty good second line center, in my eyes. Oh, I like Vincent Trocheck. I yeah. like him. Yeah, I, I think I'll take Trocheck. Though. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, especially that cop was like a third line guy, and and but he's a good right? third line guy. Yeah. Like he's a very good middle six. He'll be he'll be a top six definitely in Detroit. But 
Robert Thomas. Eight years, $8.13 million per. It's a big contract. He had for a Robert very good Thomas. season, though. Yeah. Yeah. Also well, that's young. an extension. That's an extension with St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claude Giroux goes to the very anticipated, everyone's excited for, Ottawa Senators at three years, $6.5 million. I'm excited about the Senators. Everyone is. Not you. I'm, I, no, I, I don't. I like, I'm going to watch them. I, there's one player on that team I don't like. Yeah, you don't. We talked about this last yeah. time. You don't like Stutzla. I don't like Stutzla, but Stutzla. I always say Stutzla, but Stutzla, whatever. Stutzla. No, you're what saying you're right. I'm, I'm saying, saying you're wrong. Yeah. Um, look, I, I'm excited for them. I don't think people have to again relax. I think they're getting overhyped, but I do think that I do think that they made the right moves to become a better hockey team. Yeah, there's no doubt. Oh, 100 percent. Pierce Dorian had a crazy offseason, and yeah. yeah, they got a good top six. Their team improved. The Atlantic improved. We'll move on to the list here on TSN, um, the free agency tracker. Jack Campbell, we like we said, signs in Edmonton. He stays in Edmonton for, well, he's going to stay there for five years unless he gets traded. Evander <laughs> <laughs> um, Kane stays in Edmonton. And why wouldn't you if you're playing alongside Connor McGee? I was surprised though, were you? Like I was surprised because it seemed as if, like they said, I'm testing free agency and then... You know what I think it was? I think he tested it, saw there was nothing. And went back. He was probably getting lowballed. Yeah, to be he was honest, probably getting lowballed. And why wouldn't you stay with Connor McDavid? Like they literally saved your career. Stay there. Yeah, you know I agree. I mean? Evgeny Malkin, who was apparently going to the market, was mad on Instagram, <laughs> unfollowing <laughs> people. Classic Malkin stuff. He said that they didn't like him anymore. Yeah. They didn't appreciate him. Stays in stays in Pittsburgh, at four years, six point one million dollars, and they just want to keep the band together. I think it's that simple. Yeah, just keep the boys. I think they have to. They they kept Raquel too at six years, five million. Nachushkin got paid in in Colorado, eight years, six point thirteen. Forsberg, but now we're now we're really getting yeah. Now we're now we're back now we're backtracking. Yeah, but, all, but all, where where are the Leafs? Uh? <laughs> Mark really wants to talk about the Leafs. Oh, you know why? This is amazing. When I went on the Freedom Tracker, I sorted by <laughs> I sorted by major signings because I don't want to go through. Um, Stelio Matthews from <laughs> Colorado, <laughs> from uh, Carolina here. Right. Um, and obviously, since I did major signings, um, a certain what the hell is it? Samsonov wasn't included. Why? I think you can guess why. So I'll I'll change the filter here to Canadian teams. So maybe I'll find Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Pierre Engvall stayed in Toronto. Kalyan Croc signed. That's a good signing, honestly. That was actually pretty good. That was a good signing. Yeah. I have nothing against that. Jordy Ben signed in Toronto. Uh, Victor Mete signed in Toronto. Both of them, one year, the 750K. Yeah, the, the meat sauce <laughs> goes uh, goes to another Canadian team. Guy's getting passed around. I miss him. I miss the I miss his socks. His socks? Like, you know the way he tucked his skates in his socks? He has such small so when legs. He, when he skated, you <laughs> saw like his little, his oh little God. socks. He got married this week. Yeah, he did. Congratulations. Did you follow him on Instagram? I do follow him on Instagram. You say congratulations if he's listening. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. He's, he's on his honeymoon right now. I think he's listening to the Habs Culture Podcast <laughs> in Greece. But did you... Yeah, you follow him on Instagram? Yeah, he's did, hilarious. Did you see that wedding? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the ceiling? Insane. That was a... Cr- I wish. Like, I wish I was there. Yeah, that it, it's insane. He also had... I think, I think Marner and Matthews were there. Magic Mitch was there. Not a magician. Like, Marner was there. Yeah, like the yeah, and uh, Matthews was he there? Matthews, uh, that, that's what I heard. How do you invite Matthews over to Kotkaniemi? KK wasn't invited. 
Well, I don't know if he wasn't invited. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he wasn't. Invited, but he wasn't he was there. I know he's in. I know he's in Finland right now. Mm. But you can't not invite like that's KK meat sauce. It's KK meat sauce. You can't not invite KK. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Even well, Weber. I, I have a feel. Like, why wouldn't Weber be there? It's his dad. <laughs> I have a feel. I have a feeling that KK was invited. That's your hunch. That's my feeling. You're close with Victor. That's my feeling. But yeah, just to say, Mete got his nice contract in Toronto. Anyways, he's in Toronto. Yeah, he lives in Toronto. That's where he grew up. Or, what do they call it? The, the Greater, like the GTA. GTA, yeah. Greater the G- Toronto he, area. Yeah, he grew up in the GTA. Um. Yeah, and his wedding looked dope. Looked yeah, it really did. cool. It did look really cool. His suit was really nice. If you're he had, listening, you had uh, a crazy watch. Yeah, Victor, if you're listening, it was. A, and now he's in Greece. <laughs> Why are Good we talking? No, because it, it was. It was. It looked really. It looked Bring really. Bring up Samsonov. Sick. Bring him up. Let me find him. Uh, before I get to Samsonov, Philip Mazar signed three years, entry level deal with the Canadians, first round pick. Josh Norris extended eight years, seven point nine five. That's a really. I think that's a fair contract. Mm-hmm. Holy Calgary went crazy on their, uh, like depth guys. Kayla, where is this? Uh, God, Greg McKegg went to Edmonton. I thought that's a Grant McKegg. Like, wow, this guy, this guy really, got, really got a pay raise. He's playing in the fourth line in Edmonton. Yuri <laughs> Slavkovsky, I think we talked about that. Uh, Kulak, I don't know if we talked about that last episode, but he signed uh, in Edmonton. No, he didn't. Where is Samsonov? Is Who cares? It? We can still talk about but it. But I want to find the exact deal. Let me search. Let me search. Samsonov. Samso. Samsonov. I don't understand. Did TSN forget that he he signed with Toronto? <laughs> All signings. Search. I don't understand. Because Murray was a trade, correct? Oh, Murray, Murray was at the draft. Is that the draft a trade? It's a one year one point eight million dollar deal for Sam. I should have just Googled it. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know why you were so adamant about using the tracker, but oh. one year, one point eight million. One year, one point eight million. Again, speaks to my point, though, Mark. I swear they forgot about him. That's a bargain. Oh, I found it. That's a bargain. Okay, I'm trying to go through. His, I, I'm on the tracker because I have his numbers. Fine. So, but wait. Okay, fine, fine. Go. You ready for this? How old is he, by the way? Do you know? Does it say? Twenty-five. Okay. Forty-four games played. This is all with Washington, correct? All with Washington. Last season. Yes. Okay. 44 games played, 23 wins, 3.02 goals against average with an 8.96 save percentage. It's poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not very good. <laughs> on, a, on a good team. Like, that's a good team. And I'm going to say this. And if you're a Russian player, right, where's the one team you want to go? The Washington Capitals. Right. Every Russian player succeeds in Washington. I haven't seen a Russian player not succeed in Washington until Mr. Ilya Samsonov. Semen. Ovechkin. There's more. I can't Dimitri think of Orlov. them. Dimitri Orlov. Good. Yeah, it's a good one. Samsonov just didn't. There was something wrong with him. And if there's one spot where a young goalie, a young Russian goalie will be good, it's in, it's in Washington. And there were times where even Ovechkin was yelling at him on the ice. 
Like he just he he was lost sometimes. But mm-hmm. again, maybe a change of scenery won't be the worst worst. Yeah, thing maybe for a change him, of scenery. Right? But I don't think the scenery of Toronto is a good one. I I agree with that. You I know where that. where if you make one mistake, yeah, you you get crucified. You get crucified. It's a bit like here. Well, it's very it's a lot like here. Um, and I just look at their tandem. How much does Matt Murray make? Four and a half. Yeah. So if you add Samsonov's one point eight, your goalie tandem is about is about a little over. Is like six million dollars. How Over. much? How much did Campbell sign for? Five. Yeah. Right, but so why are you doing this? But is camp? But again, like I'm not defending the Leafs here. I'm just looking at it from like a hockey team standpoint. I much rather have Samsonov and Matt Murray mm-hmm. than Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. Oh, Peter Mrazek, hundred percent. They got rid of him. Okay, but then what's the other? What's the alternative in the sign back? A, sign, a Thomas, Campbell, sign a Thomas. Sign a Thomas Grice or sign. How a, many games do you think Jack Campbell can can play in an eighty-two? I have no idea. 45, 50? Jack he's, Campbell? He's not playing 60 games. No, he's not playing. But I think he could definitely 50. Okay, if he plays 50 games, that's 32 other games that need to be played by someone else. Yeah. And if that someone else is going to be Thomas Grice or I'd rather Peter Halak. Rizek, I'd rather have like a Jack Campbell and Halak. But do you realize that, th- that again, that going after Samsonov for $1.9 million, Matt Murray's contract is not favorable by any means. But also, I do think that he's... I, I also do think that he's way, way too overhated. What about Campbell and Samsonov? Right? Yeah, I guess I, I technically... Like, honestly, I think Samsonov has a tiny bit of upside. I think he does. But I just look at this goaltending situation and I go, what the hell? Why? Why did you do that? Why did... You? It's not like Campbell got $8 million. He got $500,000 more than Matt Murray. And Matt Murray, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. It's done for him. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. No, nah, because there was all these, all these talk about, oh, he's going to find his form, the form that he had in Pittsburgh when he won back-to-back cups. He's not it. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm sorry. Maybe he'll be consistent during the regular season if he's healthy. He might not even be healthy enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be consistent. That's two maybes I just said for the regular season. Now he has to go into the playoffs and take a team that hasn't made it out of the first round since 2004 is he really that guy? Is is Kyle Dubis? Is his when your job's on the line? Let's say your job's on the line. You're a GM of the team, and I said, if your job's on the line, what's one player you want to bring in to fix the team? Is your answer going to be Matt Murray? Because that's what his answer was. Like it's there's so much risk. There's so much, and he's not that. He hasn't been that guy since 2017. 2017. <laughs> 2017. He hasn't been that guy. So there, it's just a huge gamble on a guy that just. Isn't isn't it? So you have two goalies that are literally coming off nightmare seasons. Samsonov had a nightmare season. Matt Murray went to the AHL last year. He was in the AHL. He was playing against Laval, and now he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna take you to the conference finals. <laughs> That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna come to Toronto, take us, and take us to the conference finals. Yeah, goalie skull, Leafs Nation. <laughs> no more soup. We want Murray. He's gonna take us that like he's not. I'm sorry, he's not. I'd rather Jake Allen than yeah, Matt that Murray. I can agree with. So I just I don't understand. I I generally don't understand. Their team got worse. Toronto got worse. There there's such a huge hump. Or what's the word in the play? You know when you get over the hump? Yeah, get yeah, over the hump. hump. Yeah. It's so big in Toronto about that playoff game past the first round that you need a star in net. Or you need a, you need like something you need like a significant change mm-hmm. that's n- not 
Matt Murray with a bunch of question marks. I just, yeah, I don't get it. I just I don't, don't get think. It. I just personally don't think. Like again, look, I'm not. I'm not against the moves. I don't like. They don't really bother me. I think that. Well, they don't not, bother me because right because it, it doesn't affect me. But yeah. what I'm saying is what what I'm trying to say is that like I feel like Dubis like in his mind he he feels like he did what he needed to do. Whatever. That's not the point. The point is is that I just don't know if the answer. Look, clearly we both believe that they made a mistake. Like, I think the Samson all was fine. I think that Matt Murray was a mistake. What is the answer, though? In Toronto? Not in Toronto as a whole. In, the, in terms of goaltending situation on the market. Like, what could they have done differently? It's too late. But what could they have done differently? No, it was too late when oh, they okay. lost Campbell. Right. Like, it, there were other... Like, first of all... They replaced Anderson with Campbell. Was that much of an upgrade? No. Now you replace. I prefer Anderson. Now you replace Campbell with Murray. Is that an upgrade? Not even close. Right. So, why was why did Anderson leave? Now why is Campbell leaving? And it was a horrible ending, apparently, negotiation wise. It, it just it boggles my mind how you can ruin your goaltending situation not improve your roster significantly your bottom six smells like it, it just i'd be fuming if i was a leafs fan mm-hmm. i'd be fuming because this team is they're they have stars they have elite players but they're, they're just they're missing too much their defense too many question marks their goalie was in the ahl last year and look if he comes out there and has a vesna type season good for him because he had a rough year off the ice good for him I just, to me, it's too big of a gamble. Wait, considering the circumstances of how much is on the line in that city, mm-hmm. and for management, way too big of a gamble. Yeah, I can agree with that. Way too big. I can agree. But yeah, um, enough about the Leafs. Speaking about contracts, go ahead. Kirby Doc is still an RFA. Mm-hmm. With very little money, the Montreal Canadiens have very little money at the moment. Less the than moment. two million, yeah. And regardless of Kirby Doc's past um, past statistics, past success, there is he's going to be getting more than two million two oh, million yeah. per season, right? Yeah. It'll be nice bridge, right? But in order for that to be made possible, something's going to have to move. Dvorak, oh, there will be movement, yeah. Dvorak, Hoffman, Armia, Allen, Jake Allen. At least one of these guys. Yeah. If if I if there was a gun to your head right now, jeez. If there was a gun to your head right now, and no you, gun. I'd I'd trade any of them. Right, but <laughs> right, but if, yeah, that was that was silly. But yeah. what I what I what I aggressive. Meant, yeah, that was a little bit aggressive. But what I yeah. meant to say is, <laughs> you have to pick from one of those guys. You the the the, the, the other three. Let's say out of those four guys, you're keeping them around for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. You but you can only move one to free up enough cap space to sign Kirby Doc. Yeah. Which one are you moving? Yol Armia. Really? His contract is doo doo. I think I think Hoffman's is worse though. Less term, but I think it's worse in terms of AAV. People hate of, Mike Hoffman, eh? I'm not I'm not so much of a Mike Hoffman hater. I'm just more of I don't think that his attitude, I don't think that his character fits what Montreal. Oh, is it definitely to build. doesn't. And with that being said, why would you want to keep that guy around? No offense to Mike Hoffman, and I hope, I mean, again, we're acting like he's listening yeah, to this. Yeah, okay, like Mike's listening. But all I'm saying is that I think that for people listening, I'm not, I'm not really 
dissing him as a person. I'm not dissing him as a hockey player. I'm more just talking about where this Montreal Canadiens team is at and which out of these three, three out of four of these players have to stay. I would much rather keep Yoel Armia. I much rather keep Jake Allen and I much rather keep Christian Dvorak. But again, that's that's yeah, that's yeah. me. It's uh, yeah. But it doesn't matter because regardless, one of them is gonna have to move in order to free up enough the the necessary amount. Yeah, of cash one of them is enough to go. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois signed team arbitration with the Winnipeg Jets, one year, six million around there. Mark, uh, we can't forget about the, your plan. Yeah, I'm gonna bring it up now. Um, so Pierre Luc Dubois, everyone knows has made his intentions clear that he will not extend himself long-term in Winnipeg. Uh, but he was an RFA this year, so he needed a contract. He thought he was getting traded. That's why we saw him at the Bell Center during the draft. Mm-hmm. He went to the draft and brought his family because he thought he was going to be traded to the Habs on the draft floor, which he wasn't. That would have been insane if they like showed him in the stands or something. I think that's why he went. He wanted the fans to go nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he has to sign because he wants to play hockey. So he signs one year in Winnipeg. It'll make him RFA next year, I think, with arbitration as well. So they'll go through that mess next year if he makes it to next year, mm-hmm. unless he gets dealt. He said it. He wants to come here. Montreal, Pat Brisson, I think is his agent, said it's Montreal. He wants to come here. It's been, I don't know how long. I don't think I've ever seen it before where a player says he wants to come to the city. So he is from he's a good hockey though. player. He's from Quebec. So that's going to deal with uh, the journalist that you get your Pierre Dubois. Um, I think that was very silly on Pat Brisson's part, though. Very silly. Very silly to the point where it has almost costed Pierre-Luc Dubois, not necessarily a contract extension, but it is kind of... Not only has it messed up trade-slash-contract negotiations, but it has messed up, in my opinion, the public's view on Pierre-Luc Dubois as a person. I think because he's obviously trying to speed up the process. That's what he's trying to do. But he already requested a trade out of Columbus. I feel like you should only be allowed to request a trade publicly <laughs> once in your career. Right. Before, if you start adding them, especially like back to back, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And especially when Papriston makes it clear that like, look, he wants to play in Montreal. That's where he wants to be. Like that just, that's such a bad look on him in my opinion. Like, don't get me wrong. You're allowed to have, you're allowed to have intentions. You're, you're, you're allowed to want to go and play somewhere, especially in your hometown. But at the same time, like, that causes a lot of problems for the other 31 teams around the NHL. Yeah. And it causes a lot of problems for the team that you currently play for. And there's sorry, and there's no, there's yeah, no reason for, for Winnipeg management to be in such a, a rush, tough yeah. position with a player like that who they gave up Line a 40-goal scorer, an easy-40-goal easy scorer for, right? Yeah. Or gave up, yeah. I don't Look, know. Look, at the end of the day, Pierre Dubois will be a high by 2024. It's that simple. If he hits UFA, he's coming to Montreal. So it's either you wait or you give up a bit of assets to get him if you want him right away. I don't mind waiting. We talked about this yesterday, but there yeah. is the there is the risk, the potential yeah. risk that he gets traded at the deadline uh as as a rental, right? To and then contender. ends up and then ends up liking that like like liking his situation. Yeah. Because he only he only knows what he doesn't like right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh so that's the risk if you want to just grab him right away, extend him. But then there's the news that we talked about at the start of the episode. With um, Jonathan Huberto. Now, in the past, media has asked Huberto his thoughts about ever playing in Montreal. And he said he's always wanted to play here. It'd be a dream, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I'm not quoting him, but it was along those lines. But he wanted to do what he had to do in Florida. You know, He wanted to 
be successful in Florida before he moved on. Which he was. I think he also wanted as an to do more. Yeah, he wanted to do more as like team wise. But now he was dealt. So when you hit thirty years old, I think any player would want to hit the open market, especially when you put up a hundred points a few times in your right. career. Um so I do think he's gonna hit the market. And if the Habs are interested, I don't see why he wouldn't come here. He wants to come here. It'd be the perfect time for him to come here. So I'm just saying, here was my here we were talking about the start of the episode. In 2023, if you sign Jonathan Huberto, and we talked about this a bit yesterday, I said you give him eight years north of nine million. You have to. Right. You sign him in 2023. Same summer, you're you're gonna have a top five pick in the draft. You're gonna have it. The Habs won't. They're gonna draft top five. You have a top five pick. If you land the big fish UFA. If you either trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois or acquire him the next summer in 2024, your top six has the likes of Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, Huberto, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and the top five pick you drafted. Look, this is this is assuming everything goes according to plan and, and works out in our favor. I'm just saying it's two Quebec-born, na- Quebec-born players that have signaled their intentions of wanting to come here. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a lot more obvious. Like yeah. He's clearly said it. And I think that's more likely happening than Huberto. But I do see it happening. Like, I'm being dead serious. I see it happening, that they would both come here. And it's if by next summer and 2024, if you're at a point where Suzuki and Caulfield are fully matured, like they, they've been in the league for a while. Slavkovsky has a few years under his, few seasons under his, under his belt. Like, your defensive prospects are there. I'm just saying, like, that, that would make the Canadians contenders instantly mm-hmm. after that summer if they acquire Dubois next summer and Huberto like via trade for Dubois UFA Huberto draft your top five player Michkov Bedard Fantilli like come on yeah like, it's exciting it, it's, it's, it's exciting it's... and right away when he was dealt that's what on Twitter right away right away it was there because there's that possibility and again people are going to say you're a biased Habs fan you're this obviously I'm going to be excited about it because it's a true possibility and I think it actually can happen and with this management I think they could really sell it to him Mm -hmm. I agree they could really sell this if you go into that UFA period and you tell him look we can acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois we can bring him in we have our guys Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkovsky we're ready to go if you add those two players there's no more tanking they're ready to go that'd be huge for the Habs I agree so that was my little plan (laughs) for for the Mark for GM yeah um, on another note, I saw a quick uh, snippet of like a quote from Nick Bobrov, mm-hmm. the dire- the co-director of amateur scouting for the Canadians, who was formerly with the Rangers. Uh, was he with the Rangers? Mm-hmm. The Rangers, the Kings too, and they won. Which I don't understand because he said in his quote, everywhere I go, I win. He didn't win with the Rangers. Right. So I don't know if he was... Anyways, I just found that quote cool. Because in the quote, he also says, and it's along the lines of, I have it on my phone. Or maybe was he with Boston. No, I feel like he was with the Rangers. I feel like he was with the Rangers. I think he was with the Rangers. Anyways, um, he said along the lines of that you have to have two to three good drafts before you become competitive. And that's something we've been preaching for years, Right. right? 
Um, it's encouraging. Yes, it's encouraging that he says that and that he knows that he like we're, the Habs are in very good hands. I I like to I like to believe very so. good hands. So, so yeah, yeah, I like to believe so. Hundred percent. We'll end it on the because uh, now we're reaching uh, reaching uh, over an hour here. We checked off most of the things we wanted to check off. The last thing, Slavkovsky and Mazar. Yep. So they're not going to the World Juniors. Um, and that was and that was correct me if I'm wrong, but partially due to the fact that Montreal didn't want them to yeah, go. That's right? mo- yeah, that's part exactly. That's uh they don't want them to go. They don't want to risk injury. And that's something I disagree with. I would have liked to see them play, if I'm being but honest. See the the risk of injury thing. I it's there. I get it. Yes, I, of course. But there's risk of injury in anything you do. And when and when I say anything you do, I mean these these guys are playing art and training all off season. They're on the ice. They're doing their thing. I understand that it's a competitive tournament and the stakes are high. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But we also have to keep in mind that they are going to probably they. We'll see what happens, but Uri Slavkovsky and Philip Mazar will be playing some sort of hockey next season, whether it's in the It'll NHL, whether America, it's the yeah. AHL, whether it's the OHL, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I mean, there's always the risk of injury there. Now, I, 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 get, I get the comments. I understand the concern, but I don't think it's fair to hold them back from playing in a tournament like that, especially on a world stage for your country. I just don't yeah. agree with that. I don't. Yeah, it would have been cool. Um, but at the same time, sorry to cut you off. We saw Kirby Duck get exactly, very severely hurt. Exactly. So I, I w- it would have been cool. But at the same time, like it's so close to training camp, I don't completely disagree. It's too bad that it's that it's now. In, well, it's kind of cool that it's now instead yeah. of before because now you get to see all the drafted players on on teams, right? Like right. And, and yeah. play. But at the same time, I mean, you if you if it was played in December when it was supposed to be played. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that's because Slav- Slavkovsky and Mazar are not part of the Montreal Canadiens organization at that point. Like back, yeah, yeah, back in yeah, December, back then, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but look, I, I like I don't, I'm not like heavy on one side or heavy on the other. Like, it, I, all I'm saying is that it would have been cool to see exactly. the Slovaks play our, yeah. our two guys. Like now, now we don't really ha- we don't have anyone going. No, right, which uh, isn't the end of the world. It's well, maybe not, there's but probably, it's there still- might be one little. Uh, yeah. maybe Joshua Hua. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what his deal is. Cause he he didn't make the t- he got cut from last year's team, last which year, made no yeah. sense. I don't know why he got cut. Um, but I guess we'll see. But yeah, we'll see. Anyways, um, on that note, is there anything we should end off? There's no bold anything, right? It's there's no bold nothing. It's July. We are literally entering August, but hockey is hockey's creeping up, kind of. Not really. Yeah, kind of though. Kind of, kind of. But it will be nice to watch the World Juniors. It'll give us something to watch. That'll that be that cool, starts yeah. in August. Is it like end of August? When is it? I think it's mid-August. Okay. And then and then September, I mean, that's when hockey really starts to pick up. I mean... Oh, yeah. So, we have some stuff to look forward to. Yeah, we have some stuff to look forward to. But uh, on that note, we'll end it off here. We thank everyone for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks a lot, guys.